caught in a trap I can't walk out Because I love you too much, baby Welcome to episode 235 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. It's Friday morning, New York City, and you might have noticed that episode 234 of this podcast has disappeared. And I want to explain why. All right. And I want to just talk about on this episode just a level set that I think we all have to do. I, I, I think if if you've been reading Pinside lately and you've been following this podcast lately, there's a lot of dramatic stuff going on in the pinball world. A lot of stuff is coming uh, to an end. A lot of emotions are running high and the drama meter is through the roof right now. And I think all of us need to sort of just take a chill pill, relax, step back and realize that everything we're getting so bent out of shape about is pinball related. Now, there are, that doesn't mean I'm not excusing some of the really serious issues that have gone on with people losing money and getting robbed by certain individuals. And I want to talk about that on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Um, I also want to talk about uh, just sort of like the overarching mentality that is going on on the forums right now. I want to read some of your emails. And then I want to implore all of you to just go have fun this weekend, Cinco de Mayo, and then this May 4th, this Star Wars day, and just enjoy, enjoy the time you have on this planet and don't get too pinball crazy. So here's why the episode is down. And I had a lot of stuff going on in my personal life yesterday, and there is nothing worse than having an important personal day uh, happening while at the same time, a bunch of pinball drama is exploding and it's colliding into my world. And and I really, I really sort of don't uh, often get irritated and annoyed to the point where I'm just like, you know what? I almost want to tell the people I know in this hobby to just like to F off. But yesterday was just one of those days because I report pinball news. I report what's happening in the pinball hobby. I try to give a fair and balanced observation of what's going on in the pinball world. I also try to share my opinions about what I think about companies and the games they're making. It is just my opinion. All right, most of you, all of you should form your own opinions about games and you should play them and you should form your own opinions about companies. But I hope this podcast helps to shape some of your opinions. Okay, so the reason why the podcast is down is apparently the John Papadou case that went on. Uh, you know, we heard that the the judge uh, gave a verdict in favor of the plaintiffs, but apparently information that came from that hearing probably should not have been shared as transparently as it was, and that could lead to some issues with the case. And I just don't want to see anybody, I don't want to see anybody who is suing John Papaduke or going against him, I don't want to see them fail because of some information that was mishandled or incorrectly shared with this podcast. So I took it down I, because I, I, I literally, I don't want to help John's case in any way, shape or form. And I don't want anything to be in contempt of court. And I don't want any lawyers to lose their minds over something that was said on this podcast. So with that in mind, I've removed the episode. And so if you heard it, cool. If you didn't, you're not missing too much. You all know the story of what's going on. And I think it's time that justice is served. And as people have said, we incorrectly said that John's not a criminal. This was a civil case. Uh, he was found guilty in, in a civil suit. Does that mean that people will get their money? Absolutely not. It's still going to be a battle to get your money from John Papaduke Jr., um, it does raise questions about the future of Zidware Games with uh, Deep Root. I know there's a lot of anger, man. And you read these threads. There's a lot of people that are chiming in with a lot of hatred and anger, and I understand why. But man, it, it weighs you down after a while, like all of this. And, I, and I've said this for years on this podcast. These individuals... They suck the life out of the hobby. Like we should be talking about how effing awesome Iron Maiden is and not focused on John Papaduke or Andrew Highway or Barry and Yop. But it's it's unavoidable. It really is because so many people have their money tied up with these individuals 
and the black mark, the stain, right? The cloud still hangs over this hobby created by these individuals and, and it sucks and it sucks. But at least we got some good news with how the judge um, awarded the plaintiffs, um, hopefully money in the future, okay? All right, we also talked about on the last episode, Martin at Pinball News, uh, his desire to interview Andrew Highway. I read out to you what I thought of that and how silly I think that decision was. And we have an update on that for you guys. So apparently Andrew Highway is now trying to weasel out of the interview because he does not want to say anything libelous or slanderous uh, when he is interviewed. And the again, the continued irony and the continued a joke that this has become is unbelievable. I am happy that we are doing this podcast from America because what I hear over in the UK is that libel laws and slander laws, apparently uh, you're guilty until proven innocent if someone says you slandered them. Good luck, Andrew Highway, trying to sue me or this podcast or anyone on Pinside who is calling you out and saying that we're slandering you or, or what we're doing is libelous because it is not. What you did was wrong and you have no evidence. You have no evidence. I'm really glad that Dave Sanders is finally coming out and sharing his story as transparently as possible. And I want to ask all of you guys to do something because there is a GoFundMe page set up for Dave Sanders. And for those of you who don't know, Dave Sanders uh, is a really, really nice guy. Uh, He has worked for five years on Andrew Highway's games, both Full Throttle and Alien Pinball. And Dave Sanders was paid nothing. Let me, let me repeat that. He was paid nothing. And so somebody set up a GoFundMe page for Dave Sanders, which I think is incredible. And I, I implore all of you to donate something to Dave Sanders. I, I donated um, some money, a decent amount to Dave's GoFundMe. If you go on Pinside, you'll find the GoFundMe page for Dave Sanders. Um, even if each of you just gave him like 10 pounds Uh, That would be a significant amount to helping Dave Sanders out. And I think if anyone deserves some help, it's Dave Sanders because Andrew really took advantage of someone that was weaker than him, that needed help. And I I really, I have no, I have no, uh, nothing but anger for someone who takes advantage of people who need assistance, who entered into an agreement with a man because they really just needed a career and they were promised one by Andrew and I, and I think he was abused. I, I really do. So if you, have, if you have some extra money lying around and you want to do something good, I would find the GoFundMe page for Dave Sanders and, and kick him some coin. And I really would appreciate that if you guys could do that. Um, I really would. It would mean a lot to me. I knew it would mean the world to Dave. And I think the pinball community should come together to help him out. All right. All right. So is there an end in sight for this whole thing? I, 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 I know that the, the pinball brothers company is going to try to get off the ground. I don't think it is. All right. I think we're getting to a point where it, it, there is just going to, there's just going to be some of these stories that are going to remain evergreen. They're going to remain pretty negative and there will never be a positive outcome. And that's sometimes life, right? That, that, that certain companies never rebound, that certain money is never uh, re- recaptured. I think people have lost a lot. And I, and I really think we have a lot of lessons to learn. And, and I'm really starting to get nervous that for some of, some of the people out there, it doesn't feel like the lessons will ever be learned. When I see people going into the deep root thread and saying, I really want Deep Root to succeed and John to get the games because that's the only way people will get their stuff from him. And that's the only chance plaintiffs will have of getting paid back if he's able to make money with Deep Root. And I just have to have to really question people's flip-flopping on these companies. And I have to really question which companies deserve to be cheerleaded. And I, I sometimes I'll talk to people and they literally will say, I just want there to be more pinball. I celebrate every new pinball venture. And you know how I feel about that. I, I don't feel that's the right way to go. And I think Deep Root partnering up with John Papaduke 
There, there comes a point where how can you not judge a company and judge um, a man by his actions and his principles and his morals? And if you want to build a pinball company on top of John Papaduke, I, I really don't understand how you cheerlead that. See, I'm watching Deep Root. I'm just watching them with curiosity. I am not celebrating Deep Root. I, I am not excited by what Deep Root has in the works. I really am just curious if they can unravel the mystery of Magic Girl and Raza and what they're actually going to do. Because not only are, did they say they're going to do this stuff, they also said they're going to do it for really cheap. And I, and I and again, I'm just curious if a pinball company that has never made a single game can live up to the hype of what they've been saying they're going to do. And curiosity and cheerleading are two very different things. Uh, but I do think people like Iceman. And Iceman, from the very beginning, he was one of the first people to tell people not to sue John, to not get involved with Zane and the lawyer. And and now he's saying, like, root for Deep Root. And, and Ice, you're, you're a friend of the show. I just implore you not to back the wrong horses time and time again. And, and when we talk about, you know, shilling for these companies, it never ceases to amaze me how people, uh, they have revisionist history and they quickly go down the same road they've gone down before supporting these companies that probably shouldn't get your support until they can prove they deserve it. All right. All right. Man, see, it's like hard for me not to go into the, like the negative sides of the hobby recently because I, I just keep seeing these things. You know, the other thing that I was just thinking about, and this is just over the past 48 hours is, you know, I'm getting people emailing me, texting me, like there's just all this, oh, there's all this angst in pinball right now. The other thing that I just kept thinking about was, all right, so we've got these companies like, like Dutch Pinball, Highway Pinball, and J-Pop, right? And Skip B. I think you can put them all in the same corner of being like, yeah, these guys hurt the hobby. And then you've got the other companies that are actually making pinball machines that people can actually buy, that actually are delivering on their promises. And those companies are American Pinball, Spooky Pinball, Stern Pinball, Jersey Jack Pinball, Multimorphic, uh, P3. You've got Chicago Gaming Company, right? Am I missing anybody? Home Pin is probably going to start shipping games soon. Uh, so, you know, those, those companies are on the other side of the fence. And so here's the thing. As much as I will, like, go after, I think, all those, you know, companies that are hurting the hobby, I also feel an obligation to give my honest opinions about the games that actually do come out. I, I don't think you listen to this podcast because you want to hear me just shill every single game. Right, that I'm just going to say that Houdini shoots great or Alice Cooper is amazing. Like, I, you know, at the end of the day, I will play these machines, I will listen to people's feedback, and I will give my assessment of what I think the pin is like. And I don't think every pinball game is great. I don't think every pinball game is special. I don't think every pinball game should be collected. I don't think every pinball machine will go down as being a great machine. I think it's hit or miss. I, I think we've seen it. I think it's like 50-50 with all these companies on whether or not their new titles are good or not. Uh, but also, I think we all know that all pinball machine experiences are 100% subjective. So either you like the machine or you don't. And you should go play it. You should go play it. You know, a, a lot of what I've been sort of going after lately in the hobby is sort of, you know, asking people to like, you know, just really share how you feel and don't hold back. And I'm sorry sometimes if, if my show tends to err on the side of being a little bit more negative or a little bit more dramatic, right? So am I supposed to just say I like Houdini? If, if someone like Ben Heck is calling out the design on Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle as not being great, should I be highlighting that? Or should I look at it like, well, Ben is just pissed off because they're not making his game and that's why he's saying that stuff. Now, here's the thing. You all should play Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle and make up your own minds on it and then share your opinions. I would say like it's best if we could share constructive criticism of games, but we know pinball and people are not like that. Like they will hop on and just say, I don't like the way it shoot it or I think the game was nice, I had fun, whatever. 
right? It's really hard to be like constructively criticizing these games. Uh, I, I think we all get wound up pretty emotional in, in pinball and in these titles. And I think we're, we're, we, we sometimes have an inability to present an even keel observation of the games. Okay, like we always, you know, we're always like looking for something to love in pinball machines, uh, but sometimes we just come up short. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what upset me the last 48 hours because I, I sometimes feel like this hobby is just never satisfied. That no matter what pinball companies do, people just complain. And the example I want to use for that is Jersey Jack Pinball listened to your feedback on the apron on Pirates of the Caribbean. So they took this really dark, dark blue apron that had Poseidon with his staff and they changed it to a, a more bright sort of fire orange and red apron that I think pops much nicer with ships. And what happens? Everyone is on there complaining and bitching about that now. And that's the problem. That is the problem. It's like, what the hell? How many of you guys actually look at the apron when you're playing a pinball machine? I, I, I can't remember the last time the apron artwork was that big of a deal. But all of a sudden now, Jersey Jack is listening to you and then everyone's complaining. I saw the same thing over at the Iron Maiden thread. Iron Maiden is a great game. It is one of Stern's best games ever. It is an incredible game. As I said, it doesn't have toys, but it's not a game that's meant to have a lot of toys. It's a different kind of pinball game. And so what? They showed the LE, right? And people are seeing the LE experience and they're seeing like the sarcophagus, the ramp lift. They're seeing the different features of the LE. And then people are saying, you know what? I don't think the LE is worth this much more. I don't think there's this much more in the premium, like $1,500 more to warrant the price increase over the pro. And I, and I keep, uh, I, you know, it, it, here's why that annoys me because first of all, nobody has played the game. Nobody has played the game yet to really understand if it is an actual better experience. You can't get that from a video. And I thought the stuff going on was pretty cool. I thought the movement of, of like the, the diverter by the upper left ramp was really cool. I thought the scoop that was um, underneath the, the ramp when it lifts up that fires the ball out was really cool. Uh, I know it lost some things. Like for, for the life of me, I don't understand why Stern can't put in a left out lane kickback. It's like, what is that, like 10 to 20 bucks? They took the subway out of the game from Archer. But so what? You know, Stern has made a great game. Stern makes games to stay in business. And, you know, so some of this stuff comes out. Would, would you have liked the game to have some of those features? Would that make the game better for you? Um, I don't know. I think people are loving it. I think it's also Iron Maiden's creating sort of a dilemma for people because if the pro is so damn good, right, it's hard for people to justify that the stuff in the LD Premium is making the game much better. I mean, we normally see a significant item added to the premium LE that does justify the difference, right? So Star Wars is a good example of that, right? The Star Wars has the, the hyperdrive, the, you know? And I think that hyperdrive was a significant um, increase in gameplay than anything that was, you know, on the Pro, okay? But we don't always see that significant, like, increase in sort of items. Take, take Batman 66, for example. Batman 66 has absolutely zero differences between the LE, the premium, and the SLE. Okay, so think about that for a minute. There is a $7,000 difference between an SLE and a premium of Batman, and there's absolutely zero, zero change in the gameplay of Batman. And the reason why people went in on Batman was simply because of cosmetic changes and rarity. That's it. People wanted the nicer cabinet, the nicer armor, the nicer topper, and that was it. And people spoke with their wallets and that was good enough for them. So I think, to me, Iron Maiden LE exists for a reason. You're getting basically an Iron Maiden super limited edition machine for $9,000. Stern is putting the most they've ever put into this game for $9,000. And mark my words, when people actually get their Iron Maiden LEs, they're going to be blown away 
by the art. They're going to be blown away by the metallic foil from the shaker, the anti-reflective glass. Everything Stern is putting into the game, um, they're going to be very happy that they went in on this LE. I think people who are waiting for you know, there to be much more in the LE Premium, like sculpted back area and, you know, and more toys and more interaction with the ball in terms of mechanisms. I, I don't know, man. Stern, this game is great. I, I think you need to look at Iron Maiden a little bit like Batman, where like if the game is great and people are really enjoying it, you don't need to add too much. Um, you can start to just make the premiums and the LEs, you know, cosmetically uh, enhanced. I, I again, like I, I, I think you need to look at it like that. This isn't a game. Like, look, look. Let's look at Ghostbusters. Like, okay, so Slimer moving back and forth was that a huge improvement over um, Slimer just going up and down? Did the magnetic slings really add that much to the Ghostbusters game? And I know it had like the subway area that locked the ball in Ghostbusters, the physical ball lock. Um, so I think you've got some things that are different enough. Um, but I think, I think when I hear people complaining about Iron Maiden, I don't know, again, like it just makes me like bummed out that there's any negativity around Iron Maiden LE. I do agree that the marketing around this thing has just been another one of these head scratchers. And, you know, look, I was joking, all right? I was joking. I was a little sort of on a high from winning an award with my team. I was joking when I said I have more marketing ability in my little finger than all of Stern, all right? So if you're listening over there, Zach and George and, and guys, I, 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 I was being facetious. Um, I, you know, I look, I know I boast a little bit about my marketing abilities. And again, like I'm always being a little facetious when I, when I do that sort of, you know, the, the bragging about my marketing career. Um, I know I'm good. I know I have good ideas, but here's the thing. And they know this. Okay. I'm going to be completely honest here. Pinball machines market themselves. They, it doesn't need much marketing, right? And we see it. Like Stern can sell out of a product without even showing you it just by announcing the theme. It doesn't need much marketing. They should not invest much in marketing. And when Stern Pinball has to, you know, release a game like Iron Maiden where they're contractually obligated not to do stuff because the band is controlling how this game is being launched. So don't blame Stern. It is completely Iron Maiden who is stalling and keeping you from seeing the premium artwork. I mean, the, Stern has a production timeline and they had to get the Ellie's on the line. And so that is why the LE was launched without the premium artwork, but it is 100% Maiden who's, 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 who's holding things up. And I'm shocked that Iron Maiden still has not revealed this pinball machine on their website, right? If you go to ironmaiden.com, it's all about Legacy of the Beast, and they have all these products and tours and merchandise available, and nothing about the Stern pinball machine. I don't know why they're waiting, especially since people have the game in their homes, and the games are in bars already, and the LEs I hear are, are, are sort of shipping, and people I think are going to have them in a few days. So completely um, sort of thrown for a curve that the the ban is is still stalling on this thing. Now look, I do think it was unfortunate that you guys out there who committed to LEs have no idea what the premium is, but it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. I also I know for a fact, and I shouldn't say that because it's not a fact, but I've heard from people that if you go in on an LE, you are going to be very happy. I, I don't think anyone who goes in on an LE is going to regret it. I don't. I still think Maiden's going to go down as a very special game. And I think the LEs are going to be gobbled up and they're going to be hard to get. I saw that someone posted on Stern, the buy button for Iron Maiden LE is still available on their website. I actually sent them an email and asked and inquired about it. So I'm curious to see um, what comes back. But here's the thing. Again, I think Pirates of the Caribbean and Iron Maiden are both going to do great for their respective companies. I do. Um, I still can't really warm up tremendously to the Pirates of the Caribbean theme, but the game does look really fun. I want to jump on it. I want to play it. I want you guys to get it because I think with all the Jersey Jack games, when this game gets into a home environment, we are really going to get the best reviews possible when it 
gets onto location, we are going to get more good feedback about the game. And I think that's an exciting thing. Uh, I wish Pirates was out now. I, I really do. I, I hope it's not going to be too much longer. I know Eric is going to Jersey Jack, I believe, I think this month to start tooling up the production line. So it's, 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 it's going to be an exciting summer for pinball. We know Stern has another title coming out in a few months, uh, but there's going to be uh, a little bit of a lull. I think the lull is going to happen after Chicago Gaming announces their next title, which I believe is going to be this month. Uh, then what's next, right? Houdini's are still on the line. Alice Cooper Nightmare Castles, when will they start shipping? I thought they would have been ready by now. So uh, it looks like production is going to start sometime soon because people are actually getting their numbers. Uh, so as Charlie mentioned, the way Alice Cooper numbers are working is when you, you're not just, it, it's not sequential because some of them are offered to consumers. Distributors are given uh, titles or, or, or sorry, given numbers in sort of different f f stages. So let's take, for example, like Pinball Star. P Joe might get like, um, you're going to get games number 30 to 50. You're going to get games number like 90 to 110. You're going to get games number like 220. You know, like that's how it works. And, and they distribute those sort of like fairly and equally to the spooky uh, distributors. And so, you know, so they have some stock and then you can also order directly from spooky pinball. So that's how it's going to work. Look, I know I've said some like negative stuff about Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, and I probably should not have said as much as I have. I think I, again, I think I'm going off of like the, the drama and some of the stuff that Ben was saying, and I let it get to me and you know, I implore you to play the game. I did feel the shots were tight. I did feel like having all those posts there, you know, they're not targets. The ball does sort of just keep hitting them and bouncing back. And and that's just my thing in pinball. I just don't like really tight shots. I, I think if you're trying to do too much in a game, I think the game can suffer from uh, too many bricks. And that was, so that was my initial assessment was like, you can have a lot of bricks in the game. And also because that huge castle takes up so much of the game and there's so much plastics that happen like midway up the play field, I do think the ball just disappears a lot underneath it. And you can't see like what the what's going on with the ball. And so I, I do think that seeing seeing where the ball is at all times can be important in pinball. And you do want to see the ball the ball movement and the ball doing fun stuff and not just disappear um, behind plastics. But Look, it's really early on in Alice Cooper. I think they're. I do think they're going to sell every one. So again, like I do think they're going to sell every one. I do think people though should play it before they commit. And the games are still for sale. So all 500 have not been sold out. All right, but at least you know you're going to get your game. I mean, Spooky's going to deliver. We're not going to end up here like six months from now trying to figure out where the money went. That that's just not going to happen. And so, you know, that's a good thing. So we we got a Dutch update. Um, someone reached out to Barry and Yop and basically just got the, the real short reply that production's taking longer than we expected. You know, here we go again. More more unforeseen delays. Remember they said that May, June was when the games were going to go into production? Remember when I said there's no way that's going to happen? There's no way that's going to happen. We once again have these guys endlessly stalling. I think I incorrectly reported on this podcast that they had received new funding and an investor and I think people are saying that's not the case. So I don't know. You know, the only people who can clear this up on whether or not Barry and Yop have an investor, on whether or not they got new money to help production ramp up, the only people that should be speaking about this is Barry and Yop. And why Barry and Yop don't come out and speak more to people is all you need to know about whether or not you should invest your money in this company. I just would never give money to people that go dark, go silent, have kept people's money for years, refused to give refunds, and they can't, the least they could do was email people on a weekly basis, at least give them some of the truth about how the company is going to move forward. And is there a new investor or not? I would love for them just to answer that one specific, specific question, all right? All right, is there anything else going on in the pinball world that I am missing before I read your emails? Uh, let's see. I'm just going to go real quick onto pin side and do a quick scan because I think I've pretty much 
hit everything Iron Maiden. We covered that. We covered what's going on in Alien. Everyone donate to Dave Sanders, please. Uh, I, there's new Guardians of the Galaxy code that people are really liking. So if you have that game, that's great. It's Allentown Pinfest starting today and tomorrow. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to go. I just had, There's so many plans with the Kentucky Derby and Cinco de Mayo. And the weather has been warm. And the last thing I want to do is sit inside and play pinball now that we finally have some warm weather. Uh, we covered the questions for Andrew Highway. Uh, there's the, the home pin official Thunderbirds thread seems to have some activity. So let's dive into home pin and see what exactly is going on there. Uh, I'm going to the bottom. Doesn't seem like much. Let's see. Pictures of a Whitewood. All right. Well, there's pictures of a Whitewood. Production's begun on, on Thunderbirds. So there you go. All right. Let's go to the emails that you guys have been sending me. So I'm going to try and go back and go... Uh, and make sure I, I don't duplicate things I've read. All right, so I got an email from John Gardner about, and it, the subject header was Dave Sanders, and he says, thanks for stepping over this side of the pond and supporting Dave. Thanks for your podcast too. Always listen to it. John Gardner, thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you for saying <laughs> thank you to me for supporting Dave. Uh, as I said earlier in this show, I, I, I really want everyone to support Dave. I actually got an email from Dave Sanders. Uh, I want to read that to you guys because it's not it's not personal, it's not sensitive. And he wrote, uh, let's see, do, 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 do. he said, Chris, um, you'll be pleased to know that I'm not anonymous anymore and the pinball community is really rallying around me. You had a definite role to play as a catalyst in allowing that to happen and I am grateful. Um, well, Dave, thank you so much. I look, I've, I've said this to Dave and I say this to everybody. I think certain stories need to be told. And when the truth is out there, I think it helps people, um, support certain people. I think it also helps people stay away from certain people, uh, that once you see the true colors of people like Dave Sanders, you can't help but want to support him and rally around him and once you see the true colors of andrew highway you can't help but want to um, run as far away from an individual like that all right i think a lot of people are starting to read now that thread on rgp um, rex games pinball that was the conversation that andrew was having with one of his employees i think that really shows the kind of guy that was managing these people all right all right, I got an email from Kevin Stracer. He, Kevin, thank you for listening. Kevin says, the subject was, your day has come, Canada. He says, Chris, I keep hearing you wonder why you have no podcast sponsors. I am interested in discussing it. I'm starting a new pinball venture and should have the first product out next month. All right, he then goes on to say kind of what it is. It's not a machine, don't worry, people. Um, Kevin, I will reach out to you. And he said, I will take you up on your free marketing too. Uh, so Kevin, first of all, thank you for listening to the show. I'm excited to hear about what your pinball venture is. And let's see, like maybe we can help uh, get some attention for what you, you're bringing to the pinball world. Uh, I think people, when they see what it is, are, are gonna be excited. I got an email from Jetboy. Jetboy, I don't know who you are, but I thank you. He said, hey, I just finished listening to your the latest podcast. I have a couple of questions. If you are as good as you say, working for a top firm and charging 400 bucks an hour, why do you want to be associated with these losers? The same company that fails time and time again to have a good, satisfying reveal, or the same company that thinks their presence on the biggest pinball forum in the world is worth their time? Do you think they will call and seriously ask for your help? Even if they do, do you think it's legit? They will probably call you to sweet talk you into hyping their next title on your podcast. This way you can become an unsuspecting shill. Remember why people listen to you. I know you've already said it on air. It might be a little late to walk this back, but just think about how it would look to your listeners. Well, Jetboy, I appreciate you saying that because I was thinking a lot about that too is I don't ever want this podcast to be in the back pocket of any manufacturer and you know it wouldn't make sense right it wouldn't make sense for me to know too much about a manufacturer to the point where I couldn't I couldn't give you my honest opinion about their games and their their practices right look the easiest way for Stern to silence me or to bring me into the fold is so simple all Stern would have to do is say, hey, look, Chris, 
We'd love to share with you what we have going on over at Stern. We would like you to sign an NDA, and in doing so, we will give you um, inside information into what is happening here, but you are, of course, you know, under NDA and cannot share. And that would be the easiest way for them to shut me up. It also would be the easiest way for them uh, to get me to be ultra positive all the time about everything they do. Because that's what they kind of did with Nate. And they brought Nate into the fold more. And I think we saw that with Nate, right? And I think it actually hurt Nate's ability to be objective and fair. And, and remember, remember when they did the whole SLE boondoggle? And Nate came out and said how stupid he thought it was. And then immediately the next show, he was super apologetic to everyone at Stern because clearly he had felt that his opinions probably damaged the relationships he had with his Stern contacts. And so I don't ever want to be in that position. I don't think you guys want to listen to this show if, if I'm always just praising everything Stern does. So uh, I'm, I won't sign any NDA over at Stern. I won't, you know, uh, I, here's the thing though is this, if George Gomez or Zach wants to like bring me in on some stuff and, 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 you know, I'm never going to like burn bridges with individuals. I'm never going to burn my relationships with people. He, the, the part is this. This is the part that, you know, I need, to, I need to start thinking long and hard about how I do something because I do know a lot of information about future Stern titles. And I've just, I've been hearing more rumors about what next year's titles will be. And how I cover that stuff uh, is is always weighing on me because there are certain things I just won't say. I, I, I won't say anything that was told to me in confidence by some of the people over at Stern that I know. And, and those people know who they are. And it's not just like who you think it is. And I think that's a thing too is I think a lot of times they think it's like, uh, you know, it's like Jared and this and that. I'm like, no, like I, there are people at Stern that give me some info and they share stuff. And... You know, I know what can and cannot be shared on air because I don't want to spoil. I, I don't. I don't want to spoil Stern's ability to launch these games and to get you excited about them. Now, that being said, when I hear rumored titles or rumored things going on, that's different, right? See, I have actual verifiable information that I just won't share because, I, I, I again, like I don't want to hurt anybody, all right? But rumors are different. Like I've been hearing what some rumored new titles are. I'll share those on a future podcast. Um, but those to me are complete speculation. There is nothing to back them up. I haven't seen anything on any of them. But I'll say this. I'll say this on this podcast. If the rumors are true about what future themes are coming from Stern Pinball, just God help everyone else in this hobby. God help everybody else because we all know theme is everything for the most part. Stern knows how to make a fun pinball machine. We know that. And I think they have some titles coming again are, that are just going to like, people are just not going to like be able to survive competing with Stern with the cadence of killer titles. And I'll say this too. I think Stern has really learned where the sweet spot is. It's nostalgia. They are, they are coming out with titles that are going to hit the market, they're going to hit the bullseye dead center with some of these themes coming out. And I'm super excited and, and you're going to be as well. So uh, that's, that's what excites me. What doesn't excite me is knowing Toy Story is coming out and I have to now wait like two years and just like I, hang on, you know, to Jack and figure out production. I, to me, that doesn't excite me. I, I think the way Stern does it is right. You don't know what a Stern game is. You don't get to see it until it's complete. And when you see it, you will get the game within a few weeks. That is how you launch pinball machines. They understand that that is the way to market machines, all right? All right, I got an email from Michael Shalis. He says, Dear Canada, sorry I could not get through to you on that 1-800 number, so I'm writing this quick email. Since your podcast, A Pirate's Problem, you have been on fire providing your listeners with some of the best commentary and insights on a variety of topics that are stirring up the pinball world. Sometimes it has been overly manic, overly critical, 
and overly vindictive, but always entertaining, and in my opinion, usually spot on. Well done, Trippy Award winner. Keep them coming. P.S. Time to park the beast and get Bubba some time in the park. Well, Mike, thank you for the email. Um, I'm glad you're entertained by this. I, 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 I'm on the fence because even though it's entertaining, it's been eating at me lately. The amount of negativity, the amount of um, just, that's, that's the best word for it. I, I just feel like we've gone a little too far down the road of being overly cynical, overly negative because we've been focusing on topics that are negative, that have a lot of people angry. And I know a lot of it feels like we have been um, vindicated and validated and our credibility as a podcast could never be higher than it is now. I mean, this is not me bragging. We were right. We were telling people, anyone who listened to this show, if, if I was like a, if I was like a, a stockbroker giving you tips, I, I think I've been pretty spot on, on on giving you the right tips on where you should put your money in the pinball world and which companies you should avoid and which companies you should support. Um, so thank you, Mike. And Bubba, like it's getting too hot for Bubba. I mean, Bulldogs can't be out in, in warm temperature. And it was like 90 degrees yesterday. All right. I got an email from Jeff S., the title was Ha Ha Ha, Good Highway Intro. Real Andrew, Real Andrew Highway episode was your best one yet. Great intro, great scoops, and highly entertaining. Pulled the curtains and exposed Andrew the charlatan. The episode probably needs a warning. What are you about? What you're about to hear is disturbing, and remember to plug your children's ears. Um, part two. What you should have spent more time talking about is J-Pop versus Bill Brandis versus Deep Root. According to Bill, contract terms were breached because working games were never delivered. As such, Deep Root does not own licenses for the titles being developed by their five designers. Not just Girl, but all titles. If that is correct, Deep Root might as well put a match to their factory following five days of Deep Root because um, they don't have the rights to their own games. That is messed up. Why did Deep Root make such a devastating decision to doom their company? Deep Root didn't just shoot themselves in the foot. They unloaded the revolver into their head. Part three, Jeff writes, you won't be allowed back on Pinside, so give up the campaigning. Pete Rose will get into the Hall of Fame before your application is reconsidered. No, you have not earned a way back in. You said yourself that you wouldn't last long anyways because your post would be heavily moderated. You aren't allowed to speak about other pinsiders and couldn't speak the truth. Three strikes and you would be banned again within a week. Now the issue is resolved. It's time to go outside and play. All right, Jeff, first of all, thank you. Um, Let's go from bottom up. Yep, they'll never let me back on Pinside. Let's jump to Deep Root. And I think more information has been revealed than I ever thought would actually be revealed publicly about the contract between Bill Brandis and John Papaduke and Zidware and American Pinball and the rights to the games. And because the funny thing is this, when American Pinball was making Magic Girl, they didn't have the rights to do that. I mean, Bill secured the rights when Pantasia uh, invested money in John. And so the contract by which the rights would switch hands, uh, they were very simple. They were very simple. That John would only get back the rights to Zidware and Zidware IPs if he delivered a working magic girl. Okay, And Bill was a genius to write that clause into the contract because I think... Anyone could set up a magic girl inside a courtroom and I would love John Papaduke to stand over that machine and explain to us all how magic girl is a working pinball machine, right? It would be the most hilarious sort of uh, uh, pinball uh, demo ever to have John Papaduke in 2018 flip a magic girl. Uh, You know, what kills me about the whole magic girl thing is remember when American Pinball released the letter that the Magic Girls were finished and they were going to go to their customers and they were built to Zidware specifications? And I can't even imagine what was going on in John's head when he played those machines and he actually put them in boxes and sent them to customers. 
how how did he like sleep at night knowing that people were going to unbox them and tell the world what a broken mess the games were uh and nobody told the world more than than this guy right here uh and and jeff thank you for saying you enjoyed the andrew highway podcast uh i i think it it's quite clear andrew's true colors are out there and i'm glad that this podcast has helped tell that story Again, it was an important one to, to, to say. Um, I got an email from Moses Overstreet. He says, podcast taken down. Hey there, pinball brother. I listened to it yesterday, but noticed today that you took it down in God We Trust. Just curious as to why. Didn't seem too crazy or controversial. Moses, thank you for listening to the show. As I explained, there's just been some drama with like the court case, and I just don't want to get anyone in trouble. I don't want to help John's defense at all, so I just removed it. I pretty much summarized everything in this podcast as well, so no- nothing really lost um, with that podcast being removed. All right, I got a press release. I do find press releases funny when when Crazy Levy is out there. Right, he clearly like wrote this press release. Here's the here's the headline. G Fuel Energy Drink joins NYCPC team as executive producer. All right, so here's the funny part about this. You, I, I love non-PR people trying to do PR. First of all, you would never in a million years put into the headline of a press release the abbreviations for something nobody's familiar with. So I, I'm, I'm assuming NYCPC is... New York City Pinball Championships, okay? But they abbreviated it first, so, okay. The next line is sugar-free energy drink to fuel New York City championships. Um, I love Levy's quote. I got to read this. G Fuel joining the NYCPC team is, is a major, major boom equivalent to a double super jackpot with four times playfield scoring, said NPP's Levy Newman, their product is awesome and their experience in esports tournaments and streaming brings tournament pinball to a higher level than anybody thought was possible. I know he's being, he's got to be being facetious here. That hyperbole is just crazy. And then Tim Sexton has a quote, together, G Fuel, never beef productions. First of all, guys, you never abbreviate, you're not supposed to abbreviate things like this. It just, it's, it just, reads weird never beef productions and the new york city pinball championships are bringing the game and launching the next era of pinball as a high level competitive esport presenting the, the world under glass in spectacular fashion i wonder if they put that in there for me this partnership will help dynamically expand the new york city pinball championships now and in the future said Tim Sexton. We are excited to support the New York City Pinball Championship and bring our experience to help them expand in the coming years. This continues G Fuel's commitment to everywhere that gaming is, said Cliff Morgan, founder and chief executive officer of G Fuel. As part of the sponsorship, G Fuel will provide every registered New York City Pinball Championship competitor with a free G Fuel shaker cup and plenty of G Fuel stick packs to power them through the tournament. All right. What's funny about this press release is they didn't even, all the paragraphs are on this, like no one hit enter. <laughs> like there, there's no spaces between the paragraphs. Uh, so that was funny. Uh, but look, I mean, like I'm glad there's the New York City Pinball Championships. I think it's sold out for people to compete in it. Uh, and getting G Fuel as a sponsor, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see pinball get out there more. Do I think pinball championships are boring as fuck? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's nothing more boring than watching guys play pinball for like 30 minute ball times because the guys are so good. I think tournaments need to have more of like each player gets five minutes. Whoever sets the top score, that's the winner. That would be more exciting for me just because then you have like the clock ticking down. You, you know, you, you could end it early if one guy set the high score uh, and, and that was it. And then, the, you know, say, let's say you set like a billion points in five minutes and then the next guy goes and he drains ball three and then you're done. Like, I don't know. Or, or like, no, the other way around is, let's say like you have five competitors and like four guys go and then they, um, you know, the highest score is like 800 million and then the fifth guy gets a billion quickly in three minutes. Just turn it off. You won. You won. You got it. It's just like, it's like scoring more points in basketball. You know, when the clock's up, game over. I would do it that way. All right, let's see. I think I might have a couple more emails then I got to get to work. I'm always late. Oh, I got to, I got to figure this out. All right. 
I got an email from Matt. The, the the headline was sacking the F up. Matt said, you pulled episode 234 before I could finish listening. What did I miss? Matt Drucker. Matt, first of all, thank you for listening to the show. I put it up for a little bit again last night, so hopefully you were able to listen, uh, but you didn't miss much. I got an email from Gregor Weisberger. Weiss, Weiss Gerber. Gregor. Thank you for listening to Canada's Pinball Podcast. He said, Dear Canada, congratulations to your award. I'm happy for you that you're not only the best pinball podcaster, but obviously also the one of the best marketers. <laughs> I hope Stern will let you bring some of their games to market. Please don't let them shut down your podcast in return. Only head-to-head pinball and the Tesla show will totally mess up my podcast routine. All the best, and as always, keep up the good work. If not for the fortune, at least for the fame. <laughs> Greetings, Gregor. Well, Gregor, thank you. There is no fortune in pinball podcasting. This is a thankless. No, it's not thankless, actually. It is a very thankful thing we do. For me, Ryan, Marty, Slam Tilt, Bro, do even talk pinball? Uh, straight down the middle. You know, all the good pinball podcasts that are out there. I know that you guys all love and enjoy them for different reasons. And we do. We do appreciate when you guys write in. We do appreciate your thanks. It means a lot. It really is the only currency we get for doing this on a weekly basis, monthly basis, whenever people do it. It is the fact that we know that there are people out there on the receiving end who actually care and care a lot. So I thank you guys. I thank you for writing in. If you have anything you ever want to say to me, canadapinball at gmail.com. I think you guys are, are getting used to it, to writing in and hearing me call your emails out on air. So I appreciate that. Everybody, have a great Cinco de Mayo to, to health and happiness. Have some margaritas. Enjoy the Kentucky Derby. Play some pinball. Don't cry about the Pirates of the Caribbean apron. It looks great. Don't cry about the Ellie artwork on Iron Maiden Ellie. It looks fantastic. You're going to be blown away when Iron Maiden Ellie's start getting unboxed. Um, pinball's fun. Let's send all the companies that have hurt this hobby, let's send them packing for good. And let's make the end of 2018 into 2019 a super positive time to be in the pinball hobby. All right, It's more fun for me to do this show when we're talking about stuff that we're excited about. All right, So let's, let's all rally around that. And before you go, donate to Dave Sanders. Give the guy something. It would mean a lot. And sign your name. Take credit for, for giving Dave you know, something because he deserves it. He deserves it. All right, everyone, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.